0: I'm going to say two words to you, Mr. Duke, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. You ready? Shoot. Jason Voorhees. Well, that makes me think of a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. (laughs) I am so looking forward to this double. This is a week of body swapping, invasions, action, sci fi, slashes, with a big helping of a random magic knife. Uh, it is a double of Adam Marcus's Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Um, so happy. And Jack Shoulders' probably still hidden gem, The Hidden. And of course, here to talk to me all about hearts and worms. She is now an upcoming author of the very cool book the sweetest taboo or who what i've been just been calling dead kids um and also <laughs> the co-host of the um amazing unsung horrors podcast it is of course erica schultz hey how's it going
1: really good thanks for having me back Lindsay.
0: oh no thank you for coming on uh when i've been kind of wanting to talk about especially jason goes to hell for a little while so when you su- suggested it i was like oh yeah we have to do this yeah
1: i mean uh, and it was one of those movies where I, I, it wasn't even my choice to rewatch it recently. I had not seen it since it came out in theater. That's how old I am. I saw it in theater mm. and uh, my, my boyfriend wanted to watch it and we did. And then I saw the Radiant on Letterboxd and I was like, you know what? That's not fair. And I want to talk about that. So-
0: <laughs> no, it's a weird... We'll get into how people see Jason and what they want from a Jason movie and mm-hmm. what this movie is doing. But, yeah, this is actually... I, I still think it's one of the more inventive... Well, it's not a Friday the 13th movie. New Line didn't have the rights to the name. But right. it, it is still uh, one of the more inventive Friday the 13th movies that I think have been around, even though it doesn't exactly give you the proper Jason-killing... Teenagers by a Lake movie. Uh, But no, I'm really looking forward to it. But you have been incredibly busy. Uh, You are in the process of publishing a book, The Sweetest Taboo which is when i heard you were doing this i think you're talking and uh, i was like oh, yeah this this is the book that erica was born to write of course she was going to write <laughs> the complete <laughs> novel of dead children in movies
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i could yeah it's it's everyone's got their thing in movies you know i have a, a friend will over in the uk and he runs a site chopper fireball that's cataloging every movie that has an exploding helicopter in it and you know, that might be a little bit more palatable for most people than what I'm writing about because, you know, children getting killed in movies may. I know it's not for everyone, but it is for some people because, you know, I'm crowdfunding for it right now. And I've had a really good response so far, a lot more than I thought I was going to get. And I'm, I'm, ecstatic about that i'm like wow there are people out there that are as sick as i am thank you everybody
0: (laughs) no a whole generation of kids grew up on the not the dead children but the child endangerment movie Uh, that was Mm -hmm. just the 80s so to have a child in danger is a specific trope that has been in many many movies and some movies do go into the thing and have oh Okay, we're going to kill the kid on screen. We're going to kill the kid off screen, but there is going to be a death of a child, which does raise the stakes in a movie or in some exploitations. We'll just do it to go. Hey, look what we just did, um, which are both completely valid and and fun. But no, I I love these kind of the yeah, exploding helicopters in a movie. The it did uh, the killing of a child. It's. It is kind of what makes movies movies. So, no, I'm really looking forward to this book, um, and Thank you. just listening to you, the process of it is fantastic because you're going into some all kinds of weird corners with this. By the sounds of it,
1: yeah. It's uh, so the book is divided into chapters by how the child was killed. So, there is an animal attacks chapter. There is a supernatural chapter. There is a drownings chapter. There was a fire chapter. Um, and you know there there is some child endangerment in the book as well there are a lot of honorable mentions because there's a lot that are just like oh that's just so good how could you not include that even though the child didn't die yes <laughs> um and it you know it spans anywhere i think the oldest movie i found was 1914 oh, wow. um and i have movies all the way up until december of 2022 um you know, countries, it's, I'm all over the place, a lot from obviously a lot in, you know, United States, but uh, Hong Kong and Italy have quite a few in there. And uh, yeah, it's there's even, you know, and it's everything from, you know, classic Shakespearean movies, you know, like, yeah, okay. um, Shakespeare would kill a kid. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you know, Multiple. Macbeth and yeah. uh, Richard the Third are both in there. Um, and all the way to you know shot on video trash so Mm -hmm. what other book are you going to get shakespeare and you know gone with the wind and Tim Ritter, all in the same book.
0: Exactly. In the Sweetest Taboo. <laughs> exactly. Th- this is this is kind of what movies are meant to be. It's Yeah, that's why um, I love it. Um, also, quick shout out, because I kind of already had ready to, to pre-order. I was excited to pre-order this, and then I was looking through um, the extras, and I'm like, wait, I know that name. Um, and that is, of course, Vinegar Syndrome's upcoming release, Made in Hong Kong, Volume 1, which you are writing an essay for one of the movies, Demon Babies, which when i see someone i know getting doing something like this i get very excited for them
1: (laughs) i was excited for myself i mean what you know pinch me i got to write an essay for a vinegar syndrome release you know i mean how awesome is that and it's one of my favorite hong kong horror movies uh you know so the demons baby is so much fun i haven't had a chance to watch the other two films in the set yet but they're all starring anthony wong he's always fun to watch no matter what so even if you know i don't like the movies as much as the demons baby i'm still excited to see him in these other movies Uh,
0: yeah and that's kind of the whole thing with the vinegar syndrome uh even if you don't like the movie there's always one element where i go oh okay yeah i'm kind of glad i blind bought this <laughs> to Blu-ray just because of this one moment. Um, right. That, that happens a lot, uh, especially with yeah. uh, VS. So, but no, it's very cool to seeing you just kind of go and doing all these things and I love watching it happening to good people. So yeah, it, Thank it's you. very, very cool. Uh, and with that, we are going to go on to, uh, we're going to be doing, starting with uh, Jason goes to hell and then on to, well, the hidden. Uh, so as I, as I always like to imagine, the curtains are opening, and uh, Erica, what do you show for a trailer for Jason Goes to Hell?
1: So I had originally thought there was one that could also, that might make more sense for The Hidden, mm. because it was also directed by Shoulder. Yes. Um, you know, and that's Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mm. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. who is not friendly. <laughs> He is not patient. Kill for me. And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block.
0: It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now.
1: There's something inside him. You know, I thought it could also work for Jason Goes to Hell because Freddie is acting through Jesse. But then I was reminded of this other movie that I thought was a lot more in line with what's happening in Jason Goes to Hell Mm -hmm. and would kind of not really prepare someone for watching this movie. But once it started and they were watching, they'd be like, oh, that trailer makes a lot of sense. Mm. And that's the 1998 film starring Denzel Washington, Fallen. Uh, Detective John Hobbs wants to uncover the truth. What does Azazel
0: mean? Now, my dictionary says that evil spirit of the wilderness...
1: Walk away, Mr. Hobbs.
0: But nothing in this world...
1: God ...is on my side... ...can help him solve this case. There are angels. Some of these angels were cast down, and a few of the fallen were punished by being deprived of form. Come on, get out of here. And each touch. And at the execution, did he try and touch you? Yeah, he did, actually. Passes the soul of a killer into someone new. Well, I believe what I see, and I'm still trying to get my mind
0: around what I just saw. Some things, pal, you shouldn't know. I know you, Hobbs. Put the gun down. I know who you are. Put the gun down! This is one of my partner's favorite movies and one of his favorite Denzel performances, so every single time someone says The full and we start singing, time is on our side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just what happens. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to
1: gain points or anything, but, you know. <laughs> yes, that is why I picked it. No, I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> yes. And that song is so creepy, because um, I think it starts with a Elias, Cate- Elias Cateus. Um, butchering mm-hmm. his name, and then just kind of goes on from there. It's one of those kind of—I can't remember if it was after seven or not, but it was kind of meant to be that post-seven, like psychological. After, it was, after, yeah. I but, think because it was '98. Yeah. I don't remember yeah, yes. what year seven was. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it's from memory. It's got like um, John Goodman and Denzel the cast. Everything. Mm-hmm. Robert Joy pops up for a minute. It's got one of those just amazing '90s casts in it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. No, but yeah, a it's movie.
1: a whole jumping bodies You know, you see like Just like in Jason Goes to Hell Where you see Jason die again Quote unquote die again hmm. At the beginning of it, you see the killer Die in the beginning of this And then he's body jumping for the rest of the movie So I was like, that makes sense
0: It does, and then, yeah, it's a pretty solid movie Yeah, from memory, I, re- I need to watch it again Actually, it's surprisingly, we used to watch it all the time And we haven't for a little bit But no, that is a really good movie And yeah, like you, I was also thinking um, of the Jack Shoulder movie, sorry, uh, Freddy's Revenge, just because there is kind of a, a theme and it also could work for the hidden and all that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had uh, a real, like, I couldn't think of one for ages and then I just started rambling off a whole bunch. But I think the one I am, actually, I think I'm also going for a 1998 movie um, about Ooh. possession. And that kind of really does lean into the old monster movies, but that is The Bride of Chucky, 98, (laughs) one of (laughs) you. Well, hello, Dolly. (laughs) Chucky's back, but this time there's more to fear because this time...
1: He's got a playmate of his own. Bride of Chucky.
0: What are you doing?
1: Ah. What would Martha Stewart say?
0: Fuck Martha Stewart! Martha Stewart can kiss my shiny plastic Here I am slaving away over a hot stove, making cookies, making Swedish meatballs. And for what? For a man who doesn't appreciate me. For a man who can't even wash one fucking dish. I love this movie. I love, um, the, 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 both dolls, I can't remember her freaking name. Jennifer Tilly in this. I think she's amazing. Jennifer? Jennifer? No. Oh, no. Wait no, together. Tiffany. T- Tiffany and Chucky. T- T- yeah, yes.
1: Tiffany It's
0: Tiffany and Chucky. And then there's, because there's two Tilly sisters, which I always confuse now. Um, but no, this movie is just a hoot. I mean, it is just, it's kind of this really Bonkers Universal Monster movie But with possessed dolls Just going around Murdering people And Tiffany and Chucky Are kind of Like the perfect couple In a lot of ways mm-hmm. So yeah That is going to be my trailer Love it
1: Yeah It's
0: it's just one of those ones You just You can't stop smiling through it So yeah That is going to be My um, my trailer And uh, Yeah Because I was also Kind of thinking Even um, the 2020 movie Freaky with Chris Landon Which is just a straight uh, Freaky Friday swap But Actually it turns out. Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. The Blissfield butcher strikes again. Don't freak out. You're black! I'm gay! We are so dead! Oh, will you stop? It's me, it's Millie!
1: Hill! Hill! Blissfield! Hi! Feel our glory
0: and our might! Ah! Not only is that psycho wearing my body, he's killing it. Right. It was better than it had any right to be. Like, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about a lot of body swap movies, yeah. too. And I was like, no, I want something more, like, actually possessed kind yes. of thing. So, and,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, Bradley Chucky are trying to possess people, whether they do it or not. It's kind <laughs> of <laughs> it's more of a comedy of errors. But with that, we are going to be getting into... Uh, you know what we're going for here?
1: Twisted secrets of the Voorhees house revealed. Oh, and also,
0: one more thing.
1: Guess what tomorrow's headline is going to read?
0: Body of slain Voorhees woman stolen from morgue. Well, uh, last night, I stole Diana's body and I hid it here in the closet. And then I went home and fucked her daughter. <laughs> Horror as many faces death wears many different masks but pure evil wears only one and this is your final chance to see it goes to hell the final Friday yeah unfortunately I didn't go see this my first Jason movie was Jason X that I saw in a cinema okay. um, I was just a little bit too young to be able to even get into this movie um when it came out but um that is of course the final friday jason goes to hell um over jen what is your relationship with friday the 13th i know every horror fan has one whether they like it or not
1: yeah it's funny because you know as i, I kind of mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that this wasn't really my choice to re-watch recently yeah and And a lot of that is because i am not in the you know fanboy fangirl fan person whatever camp of this movie i also am not vitriolic about it i simply am very indifferent to it i'm like the friday the 13th franchise to me is just perfectly serviceable when i think of you know the friday the 13th movies yeah i do think of jason going to camp and killing a bunch of campers and and that's it and and that's kind of why i'm so indifferent to it because there's so many of them that are just that formula and i'm like okay uh good for you movies and (laughs) and so yeah i'm i don't hate them but um i think we'll probably talk more about it later but like the fandom around this and why it got this movie got the reception that it did i think is is pretty unfair and like i'm over here you know i'm like i'm here to defend jason goes to hell and i am the most indifferent person to this franchise <laughs>
0: um yeah no i get that because i think you're right i think the friday the 13th series in more in particular than even some would say other the big totem kind of franchise slasher franchises like halloween or nightmare on elm street i think it's friday the 13th oh no halloween yeah um it's friday the 13th that kind of define what people a lot of people thought a slasher was and it is Mm -hmm. a guy machete killing teenagers by a lake and i do find these movies very comforting like i do enjoy i I do enjoy them um like every time i'm in a a weird mood like i'll just throw on a Friday the 13th it's easy and it's like yeah it's just sort of an easy watch so i think i do have a relationship where i'm just like these movies are really usually consistent there's no big highs or lows so they're just really easy to easy to watch even the ones i say don't love more than other ones and then i first time i watched this i actually had the flu so i was just wanting something comforting and i had never seen jason goes to hell it was streaming and probably not the best movie to watch when you have fl- when you have the flu because it is a really goopy movie. Um, <laughs> but I was, yeah, it was just I was kind of generally happily surprised w- with it just because it wasn't it wasn't what I was expecting. It is very much something different from what has come in previous.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, and that's what I think is the best thing about it because. Mm. This movie is not well made. No at no. all. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna get on any kind of hill and defend this movie on that part of it. What I will defend is that this movie is trying something different and what it's trying to do is fun as hell.
0: Yes. Yeah, I really like the idea that they just push I mean, there's a few things of the story I could do without. I mean, I could easily do without Jason's family in this. Right. Um, I don't particularly care. It's like the. Like, I do kind of enjoy the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I didn't. I kind of wish that the older lady wasn't Sally. Like, she just could have been a kick ass older lady who gets completely stabbed with a chainsaw. But. I generally enjoy that movie it's just I don't care about the kind of the whole legacy thing this movie's trying to do but Mm -hmm. I love the idea of Jason being this entity that cannot die so his heart is always going to keep going from body to body until he finds a body that he likes or that he's coming back in his original form Um, I think that's and what happens to the people after they're done being possessed or kind of what happens to different people I think is really fun and fascinating even if um this movie is made for a buck 20 and is not made at all i don't think um the director gave a crap about what he was doing
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like but you can tell that the the special effects people did yes they were like look we got some money for a fucking jason movie let's have some fun and it's clear that they did it's clear that like some of the people involved with this like the the coroner the guy who first becomes possessed because he eats the black beating heart like (laughs) he's going for it and you know like the the guy um oh my god the bounty hunter i can't remember his name creighton duke Duke, um, played by stephen williams yeah (laughs) yeah like i mean they're going for it they're having fun with it like you know when you know you're in a dumb movie You know when you try to like take yourself too seriously it's like okay then it then it kind of loses me a little bit but when it's like no i know i'm in a dumb movie i'm gonna have fun with it when the effects guys are like hey we got this money let's just go for it and and they did and i i I think the the gore and the goop in this is like one of the best parts of it
0: yeah because a lot of jason movies aren't goopy they're straight Uh, slash and stabs now i do Mm -hmm. love different jason movies i tend to like the ones that are a little bit shaggy around the edges like the 3d 5 because i think it's one of the sleaziest movies ever made even though it doesn't have that much nudity um i really like jason x just probably for nostalgia reasons because that movie again knows it's dumb um
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) it really knows it's dumb oh it doesn't even try (laughs) to
0: hide it like I think this movie I mean but this movie does go really hard with the special effects and I love the scene with the sheriff who's he's passed on the heart and he just starts melting and like his (laughs) jaws fall into the floor and that stuff's really cool it's kind of yeah it's adding a whole bunch of nonsense to the probably to a character who doesn't need it but the fact that I'm watching people who took time to actually try and create a melting body I think is really cool
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like you said, it's like, it's different than the, oh, here comes the machete and that's going to go in the forehead or that's going to cut off their head or that's going to stab them through the stomach. Hmm. And it's different. And that's, I can always appreciate it when somebody tries, tries something different. I mean, I I think though that the 1.8 letterbox rating comes from people who are stuck on the fact that it's not a well-made movie and it's like okay well you don't know you don't know how to have fun Mm. and then there's the people who are you know huge fans of the series and are like what is this what is this you know that why are they messing with the lore why is there an evil dead thing necronomicon going on in this movie now and i'm like because why fucking not you're on movie number what is this nine nine Uh, yeah like fucking why not that's what I say, like throw everything at the, throw at the throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and I mean, yeah. have fun.
0: No, they do. And even some of the performers, like there's a moment I, there's some character beats in this movie I generally do like. Um, and that's mainly between, I think the guy who plays Eric, um, John mm-hmm. D. LeMay, um, he's friends with one of the sheriff, deputy sheriffs. And so they have got this other guy who's like, no, I'm going to get you out of this. I know you didn't kill Diane. I, I know that was, I, I believe you, even though there's no proof. And so when they're kind of fight, and when he escapes and when he sort of beats up his friend and they're just kind of fighting by the car it's and pointing guns at each other, it's a really kind of sweet moment. And it's kind of like, the, yeah, these two guys are having fun. So it does feel like they f- have been friends with each other, even though nothing in the script should suggest that at all because yeah, yeah no surprisingly this movie was made rushed with very little time for anyone to prepare
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it, there's no so there's no indication that anyone took their time with anything on this except maybe the the effects people yeah. they they you know there is some of that but yeah it's uh i mean the movie is a mess oh, but yeah. God damn! if it's not so much fun.
0: Oh, I mean, every <laughs> single time um, the magic sword comes up at the end, I'm a little bit disappointed, <laughs> but actually kind of like, actually, why not? I mean, there is no indication in this movie that there is going... I mean, all um, uh, Creighton Duke keeps saying is that a vor- only a Voorhees can kill a Voorhees. That's all he says. But there's no indication that he has this magic sword on him at all times and he's going to throw to... Um, the lady um i can't remember her name character name um it, it, carrie okay, keegan yeah. um i've got the the actor written down but that is it <laughs> but, i can't remember her name
1: either that, yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing about it though is because like character names are forgettable because you're just like this movie was fun what do you, yes. what are the characters name i don't know I don't who know. cares it was a fun movie <laughs>
0: it's the boy with the baby and the guy with the glasses that's all you kind of need to know <laughs>
1: right exactly but yeah. it's like there's no setup for this whole lore of like jason's got this family and only the family can kill him and also if they if jason possesses a family then he can be invincible again forever and it's like what like this is such nonsense it's so ludicrous but it's like fine i'm with it i'm going for it oh you got a sword now okay yeah sure why Get not the sword <laughs>
0: Yeah, how does Jason come back? So I was trying to watch it last night. Go, okay, I know if someone falls through the floorboards and then Kane hodders, Jason suddenly just jumps up again. And I don't think they explain it. I just think the house brought him back. I'm like, there's a house now? <laughs> it's like, the yeah, like Michael Myers' house has just like been stayed there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they, they, they he inexplicably just returns like after jason went to manhattan and got melted in the sewer and you know now he's back again and this is another thing i love about this movie is the freaking opening you know it's this whole trap and it's a setup and it it kind of they have something similar to that in jason x with like the vr game that they have in there but this one is super fun because they set this trap for him like the fbi does to finally catch him and then they pull in this freaking airstrike to blow jason up and i'm like that's fantastic that's I've, you haven't seen that in a friday the 13th movie before everything else is just like oh the final girl has to figure out how to kill jason or uh, yeah. whatever and it's
0: i'm like yeah." Yeah, bring in an airstrike blow that guy up and I mean, <laughs> again it sort of speaks to how good the special effects are because one that towel is a special effect the fact that it does not fall off her i'm just because I, I rewound it again because i think the sequence is so much fun mm-hmm. because it is i mean the the further the movies went on the more self-aware they got this is probably the most meta moment in in the series. But, you know, there's this girl goes in, she's wearing very baggy clothes, but then all of a sudden it's the process of taking her clothes off because this is a Friday the 13th movie and boobs will summon Jason. That's always been my favorite thing. As soon as someone shows boobs, Jason's like there, like peering in the window and the whole thing with the light and it does every single kind of slasher gimmick, like her dropping something, bending up, looking in the mirror. That's when Jason would suddenly appear like it's doing all those things And when he does appear, she just bolts out the door running. And that whole thing when the floodlights come on is so great (laughs) because everyone's just throwing grenades at this guy and his head's just flying off and arms and and everything like that. There's a point where I was like, wait, I thought they had an autopsy on this guy, but all the body parts are gone. No, they are just like spread out. The heart is like a thing on the ground, just still beating black.
1: it's yeah it's so much it's so good i mean how do you how do you not have fun with this like and uh, i i think you know we kind of talked about it already but like there was this i read you know i went through some of the reviews i probably shouldn't have like you know i do this like hate reading Mm. of reviews when i don't agree with what's happening on there and a lot of it is you know griping about well the film's not made well um but like one person who even acknowledged um, they're appreciating the attempt of doing something new and different mm. um, was mad about changing the lore in the history of the franchise. Yeah, that's what and, I thought a lot, yeah. Yeah, and this is where the movie ultimately fails for them kind of thing. And so it's like, you're not appealing to your fan base, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, that's what's wrong with movies. And this isn't even just in the 90s with jason goes to hell that's all ip now where they're they're doing this just to appeal to the fan base because it'll make money and like yeah this this movie didn't make as much money as other jason movies It still made five times its profit though i think it was made for like three million and made 15 at the box office and it still
0: made more than um uh, uh jason takes manhattan um, yeah. Yeah. So, w- which I, uh, I don't know. That movie's so boring, yet I enjoy the boat stuff. But that's just neither here or there. It is <laughs> Jason on a boat. And I like the Jason on the boat. But it is, uh, yeah, but you're right. Because when I was going through some of the reviews, it was like, yeah, I can see they're trying to do something different. But don't mess with Jason. And as much as I love Jason, he's a guy in a hockey mask. And right. even though that is, for, that it, it, look, I own I own all the movies. It's in some sort of format. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the hockey mask is iconic. but But I think that's for me, that's what the iconic part is about him. I don't actually care if it's Jason behind the mask. And even this, when you don't have the mask, it's still Jason. It's just a different... I don't know. I think for me, I'm tied to the franchise in different ways where... I can still sit back and go, oh, cool! The coroner is just like chowing down on his heart. That is awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: now he's going up and tying up a sheriff. And because he doesn't like kissing a moustache and beard, he's giving him a shave. I think there's got these weird moments in it that just keep pulling me in. I'm <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, so Jason has a finish. Excellent. It's, I mean, it's still Jason. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm getting messed up with the metaphors, but um there's a weird thing where people have to be it's so tied to jason yeah that even five i mean this was going back to like in the 1980s when as soon as they had roy the ambulance driver um as jason everyone goes well Mm -hmm. it's not jason i'm like well yeah it was he was wearing the hockey mask he was killing teenagers that's jason it doesn't really matter who's behind the mask um, yeah, because I was also had, I think, Scream 5 listed down as a, another trailer because that movie is, spoilers for Scream 5, all about toxic fandom and how they want things to be a certain way. Um, and while very much appealing to Scream fans and giving them everything they want as well. It's, it's very much trying to have its cake and eat it too, for and have it too kind of movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is every single IP, every single legacy sequel that has ever come out, horror, whatever has to hit these beats and if it doesn't hit those beats people get really angry and i think that just takes too much energy (laughs) it's just like just enjoy the movie that you either click with it or you don't but
1: yeah and that's that's why yeah exactly i can't i don't have that kind of time for this like i don't and that's probably why i'm so indifferent to the series is because like i don't want to devote that much energy to caring what they do yeah to something new like i care a lot about you know a a good chunk of movies i i'll be honest like i saw the new halloween 2018 one oh and then i didn't see uh the the one after that halloween kills and then halloween ends yeah Um, yes yeah well, I did see Halloween ends because um, there's a, a kid death in that and I had to. But, oh, yeah, there um, was too.
0: That, that was actually yeah. well-done kid death, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: really good, actually. And, and, <laughs> but, like, I'm watching these and I've already disconnected myself from this franchise mm. because, I mean, that's what it is to the people who are making these. This is a franchise. It's yes. a way to make money. Mm. And for the fans, it's them clinging to their idea of what these movies should be and for me i'm like i love halloween 3 i love the original halloween uh i probably need to revisit like you know four and five at some point maybe but you know it's like i i feel different ways about each of these different movies but as a franchise as a whole i'm not going in and saying you know dying on some kind of hill about these movies like i just don't care enough about the whole property to to be mad about it and because i don't have the energy for it i just like i just want to enjoy what i want to enjoy and i know after seeing 2018 i was like okay these aren't what i want i'm like but i have the old halloween movies and i'm fine with that
0: and i will stick with those exactly no matter what they i mean yes no matter what they do to a franchise you will always have the one that you still love that is not going away you still yeah. have that movie um, I enjoy the, um, these franchises and cause I do, I'm a nerd. I love kind of how they change. The, I love kind of the law and kind of how they, we use the law for different things, but then I really, cause yeah, cause I love Halloween three as well, because I would have loved if Halloween turned into a, um, into a, uh, franchise with just do different, doing weird Halloween oh. stories. That would have oh, been absolutely. perfect. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I do kind of enjoy the mask. I do enjoy all that kind of thing. But so when they do something different with it, I get excited. Like when I saw uh, Halloween ends and when I realized there was a body kind of tra- or, or a kind of transference thing, I went, if this movie goes, uh, Jason goes to hell, I'm going to be so happy. Didn't quite do that. <laughs> but there was a moment where I'm thought, is this going to be Jason goes to hell? Yeah, fuck yes. Um, and never quite did that.
1: But
0: no. it, it kind of hinted and then I just went, no, we're not going to do that. I'm like, oh, come on, guys, just cowards. Um, but I love when they start pulling that shit because it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's different. It's going to be that weird thing in the franchise that um, people may come around to later. And I don't know if Jason Goes, goes to Hell is going to have the um, Halloween 3 or the, I another, another, can't think of another weird because Freddy's never gone that weird. Um kind of thing because Halloween 3 is a better made movie I mean it's Tommy Lee Wallace kind of what he's doing he knows how to put a really good movie together he knows how to pull in different references from other things to make it different Whereas this movie doesn't but it's still got these really cool moments I mean this I was just thinking about it today and I was just this might have my Jason Goes to Hell still might have one of my favourite casts in a, a Friday the 13th movie or a Jason movie Um, Because Hmm. you do have Stephen Williams. You still have Leslie Jordan, and oh my God, I love Leslie Jordan and Rusty uh, Schumer who run the (laughs) Diner. I, I always great. forget. oh they're so great um and apparently most of i was reading something that, uh interview with rusty uh rusty shawman she said yeah all our scenes were improvised they did not have a script again
1: i can see that yeah yeah
0: no so when she's <laughs> pointing the gun and goes you will not touch that joy of light i'm when she's talking about the baby i'm just like mm-hmm. going i love this movie so much i just want to have a movie with them running a diner i can totally see you watch that i love it <laughs> yeah and it just lets i mean of course the most famous thing from this movie is another ad lib it is stephen williams going what do you know uh, 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 jason what do you think of when i say the name jason for he's i think of a girl a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut um, <laughs> and <laughs> i love it because it makes no sense it makes no sense whatsoever and it's just like yeah. That is awesome. I love it so much. They they kept that in the movie, and it's all done with so much beautiful seriousness, but yet they know it's ridiculous. And I'm just like, yeah, can we have more of that? I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, you know, you can't have lines like that or you know, improvised scenes like in the diner. Yeah, in a movie that is you know a standard Friday the Thirteenth movie like this movie just let go and yeah. that's fun and that's fine and you know people just came into this with different expectations like they did with halloween three and like you said this is not going to have that kind of you know this movie is not going to have a renaissance no. like because it's not that well made but there are people who are going to maybe re-watch it and be like oh you know what um this is actually dumb and fun and that's fine um because, you know, and I'll, and I'll admit to this, like I'm guilty of going into a movie with certain expectations Me too. Um, and those not being met, but part of enjoying movies and is recognizing when it's not the movie that it's you. Mm. Like this happened really recently when I was on, um, when Lance and I were on cult movies. Yes. i um, talking about Caged Heat because like I went into that expecting just a standard women in prison film and it's not that at all. Nope. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Um, I'm gonna have to rewatch it again later Mm -hmm. knowing what this is now. And so I think if people would just take that attitude more and really think about like, is it me? Is it my expectations that I had going into this? Mm -hmm. Then they would be able to appreciate things like this a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I do the exact same thing. Cause I know when I went into say uh, again, going back to Scream, it took me a while to adjust because even though that movie's definitely doing, oh, we know what you want, we're going to do what you want, that's yeah. fine. And then it has this other element of trying to, actually, we're going to be doing something else a little bit different. Um, and I had to go, oh, okay, right, I need to just reset my expectations because this is not Wes Craven directing screen this is something else completely and mm-hmm. i think that movie i think that still movie tries to do the okay we're gonna have a have our cake and eat it too but i think again you do that when you have a certain expectation of walking in to something that you think you know what something is and i think the slasher franchises do this there are definitely other franchises the big one i'm not going to mention because i must don't want to get into it but i think the slasher <laughs> movies i think there's a certain expectation because people love these monsters. And if they don't do what you they want you to do, it's like, oh, it's not the monster. Like, mm-hmm. no, the monster is a blank slate. It is a mask. It is, even Freddy as a burnt face. It's kind of still a mask. He, that you don't, this, you can make them more complex. You can make them a little bit different and it doesn't change what they are because they are such a blank slate.
1: Yeah, mm. totally.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is a movie with like, a guy. Oh, the, actually, the, I will say I did enjoy the prison um, breakout sequence uh, mainly because Stephen <sighs> Williams yeah. is breaking that poor guy's fingers um, for the price. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Had to be improvised. It's like, yeah, I'm going to break your fingers to get you more of. So it's like a quid pro quo kind of thing. I'm like, this makes no sense. Um, yeah. But that moment when the guy with the glasses jumps through his handcuffs, I'm like, dude, that is so cool. <laughs> I
1: love it. It's so good. I think um, the biggest thing for me, and this is, so this movie came out, it was at 92, 93. 93. Um, So this is a freshman year of high school for me. Mm. Um, And so the hype around this, and the reason that I think that this did better than Jason takes Manhattan is because the rumors about, this movie teasing jason versus freddie at the very end yeah came up and people were like well i gotta see that Mm. and i i don't remember my motivation for seeing it It was probably because it was just another you know friday the 13th or jason movie at this point Mm. um uh, so i was probably gonna see it anyway but that could have been a reason for it but rewatching it there's a moment at the end where the dog um digs up jason's mask yes and i was like is this a callback to nightmare on elm street when the dog pees on freddy's grave oh, and that brings that. him yes. back <laughs> is that like a whole other like level to this whole freddy versus jason thing that we're teasing you at should the have end peed
0: on the ground that's when the hand come that's just what should have happened i know <laughs> <laughs> no because um my partner came home in the last 10 minutes so just as soon as like the magic knife suddenly just appears and they're doing the whole battle thing and jason's actually the actual jason's running around and then the usual conversation what are you watching oh it's jason goes to hell oh what's that one i said oh it's the one where they tease the the freddy thing and so dad sits Mm -hmm. down because he's more of a freddy guy and sort of they're sort of watching it and he goes and then as soon as that hand came up and the laugh happened. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Like, I think he did go see it back in the day purely because that was probably the motivation. Um, the Freddy was coming back. Yeah. But it is kind of a cool moment, again, out of nowhere. It's it's kind God, is Jason goes to hell ahead of its time in terms of like setting up Pringles and shared universes? <laughs> um, I think so. <laughs> yeah, um, but the claw coming out—I mean, there's nothing more iconic than Freddy's hand, uh, claw hand. So when you see that, and I can, it kind of when, if I was if I was two years older, like I was probably two years, uh, I wasn't quite in high school yet. Yeah. So I was just a little bit too young, but um if this sort of happened around 96 when i was sort of in like discovering horror movies like thank you and where's craven um if i had seen Mm -hmm. that moment i would have probably lost my little my teenage brain because i'm like oh my god you can do that and now i'm just like yeah because i know jason versus freddy is going to come out in the 2000s and another dumb movie that i kind of love even though (laughs) oh oh my that's my secret shame like i could defend this i'm like I don't think I can defend Freddie versus Jason at all, but I've seen it so many times. Um, it is, <laughs> I mean, that movie's n- n- run a you, you should have known better. Um, it is, but yeah, I mean, seeing that when you're a teenager, actually, I, I can imagine I would have kind of gone, holy shit. Did you have that moment? Or you're just like, oh, Freddie, cool. <laughs>
1: i probably i was probably the latter because yeah. i was never one to get fully like oh my god this is happening like yeah. i mean i got um there i know there, there were a few moments like when they were re- when they were re-releasing the original star wars trilogy that yeah. was like a big deal like yeah. that's when i like totally went nuts mm. but for this i was like okay cool like i could totally see that this would be you know fun new direction kind of thing but Um, you know, I can't, I I can imagine though, that like, I could be under, I could be downplaying it. Like maybe I did freak out and Mm -hmm. I just don't remember. I have a shit memory. So (laughs) that's my problem. But, um, but like, yeah, like just thinking about that, the idea of being a teenager and being excited about something like that again, but then now those teenagers who Uh, were excited excited about that. that. Mm. They they don't get excited about that but the teenagers back then who were getting excited about these things are the ones who are in their 40s now who are slamming their fist down and you know screaming on the internet about the movies the new movies coming out that aren't they're not being the way that they want them to be and it's like oh okay well <laughs> good for you <laughs>
0: No, I think that is an excellent um, point. It is... Yeah, the people who are screwing about it are in their 40s and they remembered when movies... I mean, America tends to make movies for teenagers. That's Mm -hmm. kind of... I mean, when you go in other countries, it doesn't happen as much. But America knows that to make money, it has to focus to that 13 to 25 bracket kind of whatever metric bullshit. But... I think when you get older and you realize that movies aren't being made for you, it's, you kind of, and I think I was, I think it was on the film Alchemist that the 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 eighties was the first generation, which keep their childhood favorites still close to them. Like mm-hmm. they are still important. There's a reason why boy bands are still touring around now or, you know, Stone Tipple Pilot still was touring as much as they were because. Right. I was a teenager when I loved Stone Digital Pilots, they're still touring. I'm gonna to go see them. Like that's just kind of how it kind of works. And I think we don't give away and I don't think that I don't think that's a bad thing because I still have not completely thrown away my childish things. Um it's still kinda of weirdly part of my personality, for better or for worse, or very much a risk of development. But yeah, when you realize you're watching new movies and they're not made for you, I think that can make people very angry. And it's like, no, they weren't. Okay, yeah, I do I think the director had a absolute contempt for Jason? Yes. Do I still think yeah. it's a fun movie? <laughs> yes, because of it. Um, I don't particularly mind that. Again, Jason's a guy in a hockey mask. That's kind of why I like him. I don't care what you do around that. Um, He's not a character with deep thought and meditation. Um, (laughs) But it is, yeah, and it's just this kind of weird notion of adults being annoyed that movies aren't being made for them anymore. So they can't just go in and go, oh, I'm going to enjoy it for these other reasons. Like, this wasn't what I was like when I was 15. I'm like, no, because the world isn't like what it was when you were 15. It's changed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, Mm. just enjoy, you know, just just let it go like i mean you can have your you know if you you have those movies that came out when you were younger mm. and you can watch you know you you can't watch things through the same lens that you watched them through 20 30 years ago no. i mean it's just that's not who you are anymore and some people are mistaking that behavior with nostalgia, and I'm like, no, nostalgia is looking at something with fondness, and yes. you're being toxic about exactly.
0: it exactly. It's it is, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. I can't, I couldn't have put it better. Um, it's yeah, nostalgia is meant to be again, as you said, something you look on with fondness, something that brings you happy memories, not being angry at it uh yeah. and this was kind of, yeah a lot of people didn't like it and people still don't like it and i can get actually get why people don't like this movie again it's not well made director's not nope. giving a shit um some of the performances pretty questionable forgettable yeah. i don't remember anyone's name in this um but <laughs> i do remember um a guy the coroner tying up a guy in leather to shave his face. I remember a sheriff melting to the floor after Jason's heart leaves him. Um, I do remember the magic sword. I remember all these kind of images that were purely special effect base or you know it's the guy leaping through his handcuffs again a special effect um because he could actually do that and take yeah. it <laughs> just like he probably was screwing around on set and went wait you can do that oh you are so doing that <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome um it's just those kind of things and sometimes that can make a movie enjoyable it that yeah. if you enjoy that stuff that doesn't make a movie bad or good or whatever. It just means you enjoy it. And I always have a good time when Jason goes to hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hope more people will give it another chance and just like let go and be like, you know what? I'm just, I understand this is not well-made, mm-hmm. but I'm going to appreciate what is good about it and that it's a fun movie. It's dumb. It's just dumb fun it's and really like let go. Fun. Not all movies have to be well-made. No,
0: <laughs> like, just, yeah, you sometimes have to go down to a level of the movie. And this yes. is what Jason Goes to Hell is. I love that opening scene. i not going to lie. I rewinded it again. <laughs> I, think it's just, <laughs> I think it's that fun. Uh, I I love just the fact that this was all like a trap to finally try and kill this motherfucker. I love the fact that it's got like a, a sleazy of the line. Um, I stole her body, hid it in the house, went home and fucked her daughter. Like that is, yeah. that is a. <laughs> brilliant horror line if ever I've heard <laughs> um, yeah this movie is quotable it's fun it's you're just giggling away with it and that's yeah that is good enough uh, anything else you want to say about the uh, Jason goes to hell before we move on
1: no I just you know like I th- like I mentioned I just hope people will give it a rewatch chance for those people who are looking at like why are they talking about this movie that's one of the <laughs> worst ones I'm like really is it is it? Is
0: it though? Really? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like my Jason's bad. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I like no, I like two only because it's not the hockey mask; it's the bear head. So it, to me, it's not Jason. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. just, like just normal slasher. Four, I could take a leave. Like, and I understand that's actually one of the best, well-made, like Friday the Thirteenth movies. But I'm just like, do I? No, I don't want a good Jason movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lower the one. expectations,
1: folks. Exactly. Have fun.
0: Exactly. Come down to the movies level. <laughs> um, um, you ready to go on? Do you were doing straight on to the hidden, or do you need a break? No, let's
1: let's uh, yeah, let's move on to something that is well made yes! and that you need to bring yourself up for. Exactly.
0: <laughs> this is yeah, I was about to say this is a movie you do actually have to bring your standards up for because I forgot how hard this movie went, um, and that is of course the hidden. What are you going to show for? Um, the, what is going to be your trailer for the hidden? So,
1: I. My, my co-host lance um he could not make it mm. for for this uh it's it's been a traumatic week here in austin um i'm faring a little bit better than he is right now mm. but lance is mr positivity so i needed to bring a little bit of lance into this episode in in his honor for him Excellent. not being able to yeah. be here for miss, this miss so you
0: lance hope, thinking about you uh, miss you yeah <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> so for the hidden um so in between 1986 And 1992, Kyle McLaughlin made this weird little sci-fi movie called The Hidden, Mm -hmm. 1987, where he plays a quirky FBI agent that, you know, Twin Peaks basically could have been a dress rehearsal for him yes. to do you know uh, or you know the, the hidden was basically a dress rehearsal for him going on to twin peaks and playing mm. agent cooper mm. so even though there was you know he was in blue velvet in 86 um had already worked with lynch um he does the hidden in 87 a year later and then a few years later you've got twin peaks um you've got agent cooper and i'm like they they could essentially be the same character. So my trailer would be for Twin Peaks Firewalk with me from Hi. 1992.
0: You know This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. My secret diary, her page is missing. There is no other person who could have known where it was. Did Bobby give you this? Or is there someone new? Your Laura disappeared. It's just me now. She's dead.
1: You made me write it all down. Don't do that. She doesn't like that. How do you know what she likes?
0: I was so hoping you would choose that (laughs) Uh, yeah because you can see already see the mannerisms of agent cooper i mean agent cooper's a little bit more happy like you know the cup of coffee um -hmm. he, he enjoys his job a little bit more enjoys life a little bit more but it's the same performance which i love i mean david uh david lynch loved choosing weird actors from different kind of things that he loved over time. And yeah, you're right, he already worked with Kyle MacLachlan, so that was kind of a given, but yeah, it's a dry one, and it's perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I like, and I think too, that even if you thought about it in terms of, what if this is a shared universe? Mm. And because at the end of The Hidden, I know we're jumping ahead here, but because of at the end of The Hidden, the way where what ends up happening with Kyle MacLachlan's character or his spirit, Mm you know, he is happier now at the end. And so that could be agent Cooper at the end. And so, um, I think you could also, like, in addition to just playing the Fire Walk With Me trailer, you could even just do, like, a Best of Agent Cooper clip show. Like, all his little happy moment lines and stuff like that. Just, like, a full, let's go Kyle McLaughlin all in. Yes. As a pre, as a trailer pre-show.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he does make a lot of this, this movie. Yes, I think this movie is more competent. I think it is better acted. I think it is more streamlined. But I think it's Kyle's performance mm-hmm. that really kind of gives this movie its very sad heart to it that, a movie like this shouldn't, has no right to have, if, if that makes sense. I mean, this is a new oh, line, yeah. kind of let's do a sci fi, let's get it out there. And then you get Carl McLaughlin going in there being a weird alien, because he is a weird alien. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on to be in another FBI agent, same, wait, because uh, Twin Peaks is set in uh Upper West Coast, isn't it? Is
1: that which one Yeah, is? it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's Pacific Northwest. Seattle.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, from Seattle. So that you know, it is Agent Cooper, <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, in honor of Austin and also the Alamo Draft House, and I, and because you did a mashup on our previous episode with Best in Show and uh, Cujo, mm-hmm. I decided to do a mashup as well. Ooh, so i yes, so I'm going to do a mashup of 1988's John Carpenter's They Live with Philip Kaufman's 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
1: They come from a
0: dying world. They drift through the universe, pushed on by the solar winds. They adapt, and they survive these things wanted? Why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. <laughs> Blinded us to the truth. Take a look. They are safe as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we Uh-oh. gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. Uh-oh. They're everywhere. Matthew! 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 others elizabeth wake up get you when you sleep sit up invasion of the body snatchers i have come here to chew bubblegum and kick and i'm all out of bubblegum ah going full nihilism um i only have just recently seen the 1978 thing and i love how dark it goes in the 1958 mm-hmm. i think it's 1950 something um Don't siegel is a dark movie but then mm-hmm. you put philip kaufman not wanting to make a horror movie in 1978 it becomes a realistic drama and it's terrifying yeah <laughs> and of course um i love kind of the notion of the hidden underneath the surface with of course is they live um it is kind of the same idea but just with just the aliens walking among us mick foster again is an alien um you know uh, yes um two things to chew gum and kick ass and we'll edit bubble gum um it's yeah i mean they're two iconic movies for a reason so i'm gonna try and mush them together (laughs) i love it yeah
1: i love both of those movies i think those mashed together is like would be perfect for something if this were screening at alamo then that would totally like this actually the last time i watched it before i rewatched it for for this with i watched it with a commentary but so um agfa american genre film archive um during fantastic fest in september during one day they were doing secret screenings all day so it was like secret screening one two three four etc yeah and i only went to like two of them Mm. um because I was still I was scheduled to watch other things, but okay. one of the secret screenings I went to was the hidden. It was their thirty-five millimeter print. Oh wow um, and the director, Jack Shoulder, was there in attendance. Mm. And uh so yeah, I'm like, if they would have played, you know, a mashup of those two movies, like in a in a tra- in its own like trailer, mm. um, and some like little Agent Cooper. I would have been like, we're watching The Hidden. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, That would have been amazing. Um, Actually, I'm still kind of surprised that this is still a, I'm going to use this pun a lot, hidden gem. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. Thank you. Bye. He is a very fine, very honest gentleman.
1: Something strange is happening to some ordinary people.
0: Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. what do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, it sure in hell's him. Homicide for 13 years now. I have never seen anything like this. Are you trying to tell me that she's part of this? Step out of the car slow. I want answers, and I want them now.
1: Explanation won't help you.
0: Because it is one of those movies that is such a genre mashup. It is really well done. Jack Schultz is really good at action, um, mm-hmm. and it just goes... The cast is fantastic, and it just goes harder than I think this movie, again, has any right to. I mean, it is a very simple body snatcher alien invasion movie um, that somehow sneaks in horror, slasher, sci-fi action, and everything else. And it's less than 90, I think, oh no, just over 90 minutes. Yeah. It's kind of one of those movies that is almost like a handshake of like, oh, have you seen The Hidden? Yeah, I've seen The Hidden. Okay, you know. Like, that's kind of what this movie feels like.
1: It absolutely is a a handshake movie. Mm. It's, you know, the secret handshake movie. Um, And I think you know, this is one of those movies that I'm comfortable showing to my quote unquote normal friends. Like Mm. if they were like, show me one of your weird movies, I'd be like, eh, I'm not going to go like full Erica with you (laughs) because no one is really prepared for that. But, um, I would be totally comfortable showing this because, and I think this, but this is also why the hidden is still kind of hidden because, Mm. because of the multiple genres at play here, it's very, uh, it's blending sci-fi mm. action buddy cop it's yes. body snatchers meets the terminator mm. it's got fast cars heavy metal alien slugs like wh- there's so much going on with it that not one group of of genre fans can latch onto it but those who have seen it are the people who like all of those different genres yes. you know the, there's like the horror movie people that are just horror movie i, I mean I, that seems ridiculous to yeah. me but they you know there's probably less of those people who have seen it i would imagine that more action people have probably seen it because of um if they watched a trailer for it they would probably think oh this is an action movie because you might see like the car chase with hmm. like the a ferrari crash and all this stuff in it and yeah i think it's so i think it's got that kind of working against it in a way like what makes it so great and what makes it so accessible to so many different people is also kind of to its detriment because people might look at it and be confused by it and not give it a
0: chance. Yeah, because it does. When you are watching it, it feels really accessible, even more accessible than Jason Goes to Hell because it is mm-hmm. a very that's in a specific slasher franchise. Yeah. This movie, because it starts off with a really uh, cool car chase, and then you've got like people being shot up like sixteen times, and every time someone's shot, they're flown across the room. Like I was just almost having a drinking game where I would just. Like every time it was like propelled across the room, I was having, I was doing a quick drink. Um It, but yeah, because of that, because of those elements that are really familiar. I mean, everyone loves a, cop, a, a buddy cop movie. Everyone loves a general eighties action movie. They are even if you are not an action person. There's a few like. Predator or Die Hard or just kind of those big tent ones that oh no I've seen that I like that movie Right. Um, but at the same time but you're right because it's all those things and it's this little new line movie directed by Jack Shoulder and people only know Jack Shoulder if he's more known as a horror guy Mm -hmm. purely because of Friday the 13th and a few other slashes he did in the 80s it kind of it does have this yeah as I said like the secrets to handshake quality to it and then you have Carl McLaughlin playing Agent Cooper, and again, Twin Peaks, even though it was beloved, is still a niche thing. Like if I'm trying to explain yeah. Twin Peaks to someone who does not know what David Lynch is, it's a hard conversation to have because even I'm like going, <laughs> I don't know how to explain Twin Peaks to you. I, I just, I just don't, and I still haven't seen the third season yet. <laughs> I need to. Um, yeah, I
1: is... just watched it. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, because I, I hadn't. I watched Twin Peaks. Um, the first two seasons Mm. when they were airing i Mm. used to watch it with my mom me too Um,
0: yeah with my dad yeah (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) and uh and then of course i saw the movie like when it came out but Mm. i had not revisited it since then and Mm. i didn't watch the new the the next season that just came out a few years Mm. ago because i was like i need to go back and rewatch everything before i do that so i finally i got it for my library i watched everything i binged the whole thing in january yeah um and I had forgotten a lot of it. And it was almost kind of perfect timing to rewatch all of that and get like a huge dose of Agent Cooper before re-watching The Hidden, because I was like, Oh my God, that's completely Agent Cooper in this movie. <laughs> like it dialed down quite a bit and a little bit yeah. sad. But yeah. Um yeah, it was funny because, you know, Lance is a hundred percent like he is Twin Peaks guy. Like this is yes, his favorite is. thing ever. And uh I I was sending him text message updates while I was rewatching it and um, specifically about things that I hated just to kind of hate, to to piss him (laughs) off. I was like, I don't like James and Donna. I hate their storyline. I'm like, let's get back to this thing.
0: Why would you do that to me, Erica? Why?
1: (laughs) No, he he knew like he he was, he would laugh and he was like, what, you don't like his his ballad
0: that he sang (laughs) to her? And
1: I was like, no, I actually don't.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's, um... Yeah, because I remember when I was said I watched it as a kid when it was sort of first on. It wasn't like sitting it down and watching it each week. It was just like I watched it occasionally, and I still yeah. think the first season of Twin Peaks is, except for oh, no, actually no, I like Elephant Man and a few other things, but it's one of the most accessible things David Lynch has made. And again, I still yeah. don't know how to explain to someone who's never seen Twin Peaks what is Twin Peaks. I'm like, I don't know. Agent Cooper likes a damn good cup of coffee, and there's a lady with a log. I I, I don't. It's a height and soap <laughs> opera. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Just, you, you have to go live it.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: you um, absolutely do. <laughs> yes. Um, and it took ages to see Walk with me. And I still think that's one of David Lynch's scariest movies. I <laughs> still love the fact yeah. that he hates horror and that he makes those movies. Um, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, I love David Lynch. Um, and... Yeah, and this because, and because of that, even though this movie has nothing to do with um, Twin Peaks, I still bring Twin Peaks into it. And in, because mm-hmm. of that, I think I make it stranger for myself, especially, say, Michael Norrie's character, who is playing the straight man. Like, he's just a normal L.A. 80s cop, you know, yep. that's what he does. And now he's come face-to-face with Agent Cooper, who is an alien, and it, I like, do like it takes him a while to accept what's happening. Like, as soon as he clicks, he's accepted it, but... The whole conversation when Karl McLaughlin just, like, says, look, I'm an alien, I've been chasing this other alien, he killed my partner and my my family, I'm very sad, that is the truth, and then he just locks him up, and it's not till yeah. his friend just comes and starts killing everyone, that he's like, oh, wait, yeah, now it's clicking together. And this, the, the, things are weird for a reason.
1: Yeah, it's like you don't get... When Agent Cooper shows up to Twin Peaks, you know, the sheriff, they, they already have their own sort of experience with what's going on in the forest. And so he's like, yeah, I'm aware that shit's weird here. Yeah. Um. So he buys into whatever Cooper says to him, not the case here in the hidden at all. Like it takes some time before they get on the same page. And one of the things that shoulder talked about in the commentary was, you know, there's a moment when he finally lets, lets him out of prison and up until that point you can kind of notice that kyle mclaughlin's character is always kind of leading the way like he's always a few steps ahead of him like physically walking ahead of him yeah. but then when they leave the prison and he's finally like okay i believe you you're an alien we're chasing an alien let's do this, this. they're walking side by side so um it takes him a while to get there but like it's not frustrating anyway any way because you know, as an audience member, you kind of have to be like, what? That's ridiculous. So we are that cop as well, where we're like, yeah, an alien is like, you know, body jumping and that sort of
0: thing. Even though you see it really early on, like I was kind of, Mm -hmm. because you see the alien jump from one body to another in the hospital actually pretty early on, and then it takes Uncle Nori a little bit of time to figure out, I've forgotten how long it takes in the movie till he goes, oh, right. Okay, aliens, right. I'm on it. Let's go for this. I actually forgot how long it actually took, but I actually like that um, length. I think it works for the movie because why would anyone believe it? Like, go back to Twin Peaks. Yeah, everyone knows that Twin Peaks is weird. There's weird stuff in the forest. Everyone's kind of aware of the weirdness of this town. So they can kind of just accept it more. But in this movie, why would you accept being told, oh, there's a slug alien who's jumping bodies and he just wants to have a good time. I mean, this alien I love the fact that the alien has no motive um Mm -hmm. I've forgotten the alien's name before you even find out his name but this alien is just body jumping having a good time he wants the car he gets the car he then when he says I want to be president it's just because it's a whim. he just sees it and goes oh that could be fun right yeah (laughs) yeah I love it like I mean fun
1: (laughs) every every character is just like i want to drive a fast car i want to listen to loud music i want to have i want to you know fuck this dude to death yes, like i yes. i you know i mean all of these things like i and like oh i'm gonna wear this like skimpy thing like when he when the alien is um in the woman yeah and she's sitting in the car and she's like oh this is new because she's only been in men uh, met yeah. at that point and and she's like feeling herself up she's like oh these are new this is fun <laughs> yes. I was like yeah they are fun yeah.
0: <laughs> when she's walking out in a dress that completely shows every kind of curve of her body like her ass is hanging mm-hmm. out it's um yeah. it's it is fantastic and it's this kind of alien just want to have fun I love the thing in the music thing where he just sort of sees the boombox and he's in the restaurant. <laughs> Still like the boombox really loud. He's oh my god! He's <laughs> such an asshole. The, the alien is such an asshole. But it is just a criminal who's just going about the day to day and doesn't necessarily yeah. care what he the, what it's doing. And its only kind of problem is the fact that Carl McLaughlin is on his tail. On his tail. Like that's the only right. thing they issue. here. he was just keep doing what he's doing until he's absolutely finally killed. And since it knows that it's really hard to kill, it's just like, yeah, party time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I love it. That aspect of it so much, you know, it's just, you know, he, Kyle McLaughlin's character is on a, is on like, you know, he's out for vengeance because Mm. of his family. And there's like a nice little moment at the end where, um, the, like kyle mclaughlin's character i guess he sort of like kills himself or he he gives his energy um to to tom beck um yeah to uh nuori's character Mm. is it tom beck i think yeah tom beck Beck. yeah um because tom beck has been shot and he's not gonna make it and Mm. he was like well i can put my soul into him mm-hmm. and live through him and so it's kind of like a win-win like the little girl the daughter of um Tom Beck you know Tom Beck's daughter mm. she knows that something's weird with with Gallagher with Kyle McLaughlin's yeah. character so she knows like when her dad is not her dad anymore but she doesn't seem upset about it but it also does seem kind of like a win-win because it's like well Kyle McLaughlin now Has or Gallagher has a uh, character, or has a has a family now. Yeah, and uh, Beck is not going to be in a coma and probably die. So Mm. there's that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a sweet moment because one thing I was a bit wigged out by is when Beck and his wife are reading their daughter a bedtime story, and then Carl McLaughlin just walks into the room. It feels very invasive. Yeah, like I'm not a parent. I'm not in any way, shape, or form a parent type person but even I was like going oh boundaries <laughs> um because yeah. it's just such a private moment but it's because but it works really perfectly for his character because this is a this is a entity that lost its family it's it's right. not a he's he's drawn to it because it's something that he's lost and it's his look on his face is so sad it is mm-hmm. so beautifully poignant and I think Karl McLaughlin doesn't always get to show that kind of range because he's agent. He's forever now Agent Cooper. So I think, well, listen to interviews when he says when he talks about season three and he gets to play Dougie, and he's so happy that he gets to be Dougie because he's not Agent (laughs) Cooper. Yes, you can kind of sense that. I got to be Dougie, and I'm like, I I need to watch this to know what Dougie is because I still don't know what Dougie is. But Karl McLaughlin is very happy to be Dougie.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's it's a whole other. It's yeah. It's a whole other thing. It's very different. It's not. Uh, it's not Gallagher in the hidden. It is not yep. Agent Cooper. It's just this whole this whole other thing. So yeah, I, uh, Dougie.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I think he's sometimes a better actor than I think he gets cast for um, mm-hmm. because. If it's something... Well, actually, uh, Confess Fletch is actually very, very good, even if he's kind of like a one-note character in it, but that suits the the movie because it's a noir, so everyone is kind of this one thing. Um, yeah. But in, like, uh, Showgirls, he's this one... Yeah, he, I think he sort of gets cast because people think he's the weirdo now. Um, yeah. Which I think is typecast him a little bit. S- but every time he comes on screen, I'm always happy to see him because I'm like, oh, it's Karl McLaughlin, yay! Yeah. <laughs>
1: he always delivers i mean even if like even if you're automatically seeing him and you see agent cooper like you can still i mean well i can't in the hidden very much but i'm trying as much as i can to to separate it so it's hard to it (laughs) is he's (laughs) cooper i can't help it but you know it's it's funny too because um you know you've got he comes in and he's like i'm an fbi agent and you're like yeah like like cooper it's it's yet it's him and then you also have that in jason goes to hell where like the fbi are chasing after jason and so there's another connection between that film as well
0: (laughs) yes no i think uh jason goes to hell is the perfect schlocky midnight movie to the hidden like if i was actually programming this i'd probably do the hidden first like at a like a 10 p.m and then jason uh, goes to hell at midnight because that is such a midnight movie it is oh 100 yeah. that's kind of what it is um and a lot of friday the 13th movies aren't particularly midnight movies again i do love this series, <laughs> series. i'm not banging on it because i'm actually just i am a general fan like of friday the 13th they've just yeah like little um were there's originals for me they're just little comfort nibbles um <laughs> but yeah the, it, but the hidden is such I mean, that car chase in the beginning is so great. Mm. Again, it sets up who this alien is. He likes to go fast and he likes his tunes. Um, I mean, the soundtrack is actually really good. It's got like a... Like, yes, it's a lot of sort of thrash 80s, but there's a little bit of the cave in there. There's a, there's It's not like the big players, probably because they were cheaper to get. Um, right. But the soundtrack is actually really solid.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great. And, like, the opening with... Um... It's like Edo Ross, and I I know that because he was also in Twin Peaks. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) The cast of Um, Twin Peaks is just like David Lynch going to every bad thing he loved and just, like, casted (laughs) everyone. (laughs)
1: And, like... um, Oh, wait am i thinking the same character the the guy who's possessed at the very beginning is oh, that isn't that... ross? I mean, no or not edo ross he's, a, he's at the very end chris yeah. mulkey thank you yeah. that's who i'm mm. mixing the two up but so chris mulkey is is the one who's possessed at the very beginning and the very opening it starts with like bank surveillance footage so you're yes. like what am i watching and then it like pans out and comes and i'm like oh my god that's such a great opening and then straight into this amazing car chase and i'm like what kind of movie am i watching here and then it turns into a sci-fi movie and i'm like it's got this you know the heavy metal in it is great because it's like that you know it's it's like that trashy kind of heavy metal where you're like i don't know what band that is but it's still like fun to listen to kind of in the background
0: yeah because he's just like he's having the time of his life because it's not Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna get away like he's just robbed a bank because you can kind of see the... Yeah, because it does start... I forgot it started with the with the camera footage from the bank. pans out, yeah. and this is this insane car chase. Like, there's lots of cuts. It's going... You feel like everyone's going really fast. I love the bit when he's in the park and he hits the guy with the wheelchair. Like, she doesn't oh, even... Oh, yeah. <laughs> she does not even try to get him out of the way. She's just like, bye! Okay. And, then, and then you see the wheelchair, you just go flying. Um and then he crashes and then he's shot and then you cuz you're right you don't know what movie you're in you're like wait what is happening um yeah. it's kind of throwing you in 3 days after the movie started after um Beck got the case of this guy who's running on this like crime rampage you kind of at the end of it and then you get to the hospital and then you get the slug worm thing i love the design of this again really good special yes. effects i love how yeah the mouth opens up and you've got this massive thing. Like, you don't even know how it's going to get into um, the next guy's mouth.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and then you're like, whoa, whoa. And then it kind of, again, the movie changes. And then the movie changes again when Kyle um comes into the into the movie because that kind of adds this buddy, buddy cop element, which the movie never had previously. I mean, right. um, Beck is just this kind of lone, angry cop kind of thing and he's not particularly partnered up and then he has then he's assigned to to cooper (laughs) i'm gonna call him cooper Sorry,
1: that's fine it's cooper i mean because i know he has an alien name in the film yeah um and i it's escaping me right now what it is because like in the credits he's um he's gallagher but i'm like no he's got like this he's got this weird alien name thing and i'm like well i can't remember what that is so i'm just cooper it is so Yeah. yeah it's I, I, and I love that about it. Like, you know, you see the the slug transfer early on mm. and it's so jarring because you're, you get confused. You're like, I don't know what movie I'm watching. And so I think, I think that's kind of what I meant about being, we're, we're kind of in line with Beck. Like, we don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, we understand that there's an alien in that, in these bodies that he's chasing, but mm-hmm. we, I think we're still at, a, at the same kind of confusion level as Beck because of all these different genres and not confused in a bad way, but more like, you know, we're being kept on our toes as an audience member because the movie is going to shift at any second into something new or different, like a different, yeah, you know, a new genre element being brought into it. And that's what I love about it.
0: Yeah, me too and the movie doesn't stop like it never really gives you a chance to really overthink anything because you're constantly onto the mm-hmm. next scene Jack shoulder just keeps everything moving the editing's really really good and sort of before you know it you're on a rooftop with um, when he's in the the stripper and being shot six times and they're hanging off roofs as I said the it's so action packed like um, yeah. I love the moment when they're in the jail and it's suddenly Danny Trejo and um, oh, who else? This actor that keeps popping up and things, and I always get excited when I see him. Bosco Richmond, I think it is. Uh, Bosco, Branscombe Richard, sorry. It's got the, ma- the most amazing 80s mullet you've ever seen. He gets yeah. like, he gets bolted up against a wall with a shotgun um, in that prison sequence. And that prison breakout sequence is so good because the guns are extra loud and extra big. I mean, people bling being blown across the room. It's very unrealistic, but I love it. And yeah. yeah, it keeps every scene is almost a different kind of genre, whether it is a slasher, a horror, a sci-fi, or kind of whatever it keeps changing and it keeps you on your toes that you're just kind of wanting to know what happens next, not really worrying about, okay, so who is this alien? What does it actually want? It doesn't really want anything. It just is living in the moment, which I like for a villain actually, because it makes it so much unpredictable. (laughs) You just see something as I want.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I think, you know, and I do love when um, he, inhabits like the woman's body just because it's it's i think that one's a little bit more comedic up until like she gets shot a bunch of times and that whole action sequence but i think when um he's um the the entity or whatever it is is in william boyette's character the, yes. the first one that like goes um from the hospital and yeah. he's got like the heart condition because he's head. just yeah <laughs> he's like sickly looking but he's still like mer want fast car want this car and he yeah. goes to eat and like he reminds me a lot of um vincent d'onofrio in same thing. um men in black when he's like all like bug weird like yeah yeah just like uh unbalanced like I don't know walk. it just yeah exactly like so he reminds me a lot of that character and so I I enjoy that one a lot too and um the prison sequence too like you said everything is loud and big and Danny Trejo randomly pops up yes! in there too. <laughs> I'm like oh it's Danny Trejo forgot about him.
0: Yeah in the 80s he'd always play someone in jail <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's but okay. No, he's yeah. doing well
1: with Trejo's tacos out in LA now.
0: He's he, good. He, he's doing great. And I'm so happy for him because every time I <laughs> yeah. yank, every time Danny Trejo comes, I'm like, Danny! Um, yeah. But no, I think I, watching this, I was like, wait, Vincent D'Onofrio must have seen The Hidden because it is almost like a direct reference to William Boyat's kind of character. Because um, yeah. William Boyat has a heart condition. He was almost on the way out. So this alien is living in a human being that is dying. And he keeps knowing this. Like he keeps. Oh, I'm getting. I'm constantly getting nosebleeds when I only get one. My hand is not. Something's wrong with my hand. So it's. It's. He looks like a dead body walking down the street so when he's like looking at the car and going i want car it's yeah it, it's like no you cannot have this car we've already like oh God, of course so 80s of course they're doing cocaine when they're doing the paperwork for it of course, of course it's 80s you gotta it's 80s in la um you're not
1: allowed to buy a car unless you do 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 some rails do so some yeah. Rails.
0: yeah you have to it's the it's the way to do business it but yeah. it is yeah so he's kind of i think my favorite kind of version of of the alien because he's kind of half dead he's just this kind of very sort of very bulky kind of stocky character sort of walking around looking like a guy who cannot do any damage but you're watching him do like I think he kills the guy in the record store he he swaps it with the stripper he kills the people in the car lot I mean it's all these kind of things and it's it's kind of, yeah, and I, I'm like, oh, Vincent did not fear absolutely saw this movie when he was kind of, of the the um, oh his cockroach alien character when he's walking around going sugar, water. It, it, like he had to <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. I think my my second favorite iteration of the hidden is the dog because yes! it's just like it's so cute. like so one of the things the I guess like the the quirk of the the alien so that you know as an audience member like oh the aliens in that body is like the that's sticking the tongue out or like kind of licking the lips a little bit and the only reason that they um the director, or whoever decided that would be the quirk, is because that was the only thing they could get the dog to do yes. that the humans could do, which I think is adorable. Yeah,
0: it is absolutely because you see him, and of course, it always goes a close up on their eyes. And this yeah. is like, well, it's not a border collie, but it's got those beautiful pale eyes. So he's just looking at yeah. everyone with a tongue, and you're just like, ah, this is like the I thing. I love it when, yeah,
1: <laughs> the dog uh, looking in the mirror at himself, yes. and I'm just like, this is. It's
0: so good. He's just looking go like, oh, the dog now. Cool. And then when he's looking at his, the owners in the fridge and you just see him starting to growl a little bit, but it's so cute because he's just, like, moving his lips. He's just moving. He's just squinting his nose a little bit. He's not really growling. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, so, yeah. It's just, it's great. It's uh, it's great dog acting in the sense that it's just the dog being the dog, except when he's like, okay, stand there, look in the mirror, and the dog's purpose like, going, what? <laughs> <laughs> kept i'm standing still um but yeah the fact that dog's looking at himself but i forgot about that but when he's staring himself in the mirror is so great yeah um, highlight of the film it is highlight of the film dog just staring at himself in a mirror and the aliens just like going ah i'm a dog cool yeah um it but yeah it's kind of one of those great things like the thing did of course the thing it's not as good as the thing because nothing is as, as good as the thing sure. but it kind of realizes that there are certain ways to shoot certain things that have that you, so you kind of get the sense of who it is. Like when the dog is in the thing, the camera is very low down on the dog's level and the dog's just right. walking around and you're like, that is an evil dog. Do not go near it. Like that's the only mm-hmm. dog in a movie I've gone. Mm, don't trust. Mm, no, not a good boy. Um yeah. <laughs> But in this one, you're like, Oh, he's a good boy. Um But Jack shoulder is doing slightly a similar thing. Um, but I love when the dog's staring at, Gallagher. Oh my god, yeah. And he's looking around can't (laughs) see and the dog's just like, I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Um it's yeah, it's not a movie, it's uh it's a movie that's having fun with itself. Like, yeah, Jason goes to hell knows it's dumb, it's just doing what it's doing, it's improvised, there's no plan, it's just whatever. This is kind of very well constructed, but it's having fun, which I think Jack Scholder did in a lot of his movies. Okay, he famously didn't realize when he was making it that Freddy's, um, uh, Freddy's Revenge was um, a very queer movie when he was making it.
1: Right. Um,
0: okay, whatever. But that movie's still having a lot of fun, especially when the gym coach dies with all the balls. It's still like a really fun sequence. Yes. Um or When the bird explodes and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And same with um, Alone in the Dark, I think it yeah. Mm-hmm. With Jack yeah. yeah uh, and... That movie again is having fun with itself with the knife sticking out of the bed. And this movie's doing the same thing. It's not goofing on itself, but it's just having a good time. And it kind of endears you to the movie a lot more because you can have fun with this movie. You're and you're just looking forward to seeing what's the next set piece, what's gonna happen next, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like this this movie, you know, it's very well made. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he did I think he took part of it seriously like he wanted to make a film that he obviously he wanted to make it well or have a well-made film yeah um there's others like i've seen of his that are not super great there they seem like more you know gun for a director for hire kind Mm -hmm. of jobs like 12 days of terror which is you know uh, like basically like a dramatic re- reenactment of the shark attacks that happened in the um, Jersey uh, in the early nineteen yeah. hundreds. 1900- inspiration for Jaws yeah. events. But anyway, like stuff like that, but he wants it to be well-made, but he also knows how to have fun and he knows what's entertaining. He knows how, like, I mean, obviously he's got a great editor here who keeps that pace like yes. in line with what he's trying to do and really moves this mm. film. And and that's kind of like why I think, you know, going back to this being a movie that I'm comfortable showing to my normal friends, it's it's why I would be like, here's this weird little movie. You would probably like it because it's got something for everyone
0: in a way. It does. And I love when movies mix genres. I love it when they can play with different elements and that when a movie knows how to play with different elements, which again, I think the editing is one of the strongest, um, that and Carl McLaughlin's performance. Cause yeah, this movie does mm-hmm. have a heart and it's Carl McLaughlin's character. Um, yeah. Even though he's making a very similar sad face, there's a way he moves his eyes that is so alien. Like his reactions are not normal. Right. And, but the, you, he is able to convey the sense that he's not human. And that he's a very sad, not human, like there's actual emotion in there. So when he does give himself up at the end to go into Beck, it's kind of like almost like a self-sacrifice in a way, as much as it is for him, because he's going to have a family. He's kind of going to be able to live a life that he's going to get his life back. But at the same time, it feels like almost like a self-sacrifice. It's a, it's a, yeah. And it's only because of his performance that he's able to convey, convey that. So Yeah. It's, I don't know if this movie would be as good if without McLaughlin because I think he's the one who's able to bring the depth of, of character. Because this, um, but it's what that extra thing that movie needs to go, oh, this again, it's really accessible. One, because it's got all these genres that people can go, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. But also, it's got McLaughlin giving a grounded performance, so you've got something to root for. Not necessarily like, but you go, okay, I'm actually following McLaughlin, not um, Beck. Um, yeah, which is kind of a really interesting way because usually you are with the cop. I mean, he's the human, you should be relating to him more, but you're actually relating to the alien more, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, he, McLaughlin really elevates this from a good movie to a great movie. You yes. know, ev- everything that is, has, Shoulder has done here is entertaining and well-made. It's a good movie, but then you throw in McLaughlin and it's like, no, this movie is... This movie is a banger. Like yes. this is great.
0: Yes, um, and I also want to say you can tell this is a new line movie because Lin Shay turns up at the end. <laughs>
1: Of course, yes. Can't not... have a New Line movie without her.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's when she—I I always forget. Like I'm like, oh, this is how I know it's New Line. Lynchay is here. Excellent. I mean, to be fair, my brother owned a studio. I'd be in every second one as well. So, or oh, yeah. doing something on set. Um, but it is, yeah. She's always great, even though she's like just there. But I'm just like, yeah, it's Lynchay. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just nice to see a familiar face because you know, exactly. you, you know, you know, you're watching a New Line movie, and you're like, oh, look, there's Lynchay. It's yeah. kind of like the where's new line movies so. exactly
0: um but no i kind of forget how much i do like the things that new line was putting out because it did have that kind of similar yeah we're gonna make this genre we want people to enjoy it and if we get to make something good then that's just the added bonus like i'm not saying new line was pumping out masterpieces left right and center because they were definitely not but i right. was like <laughs> it how it was the little studio that could for quite a while and this is kind of one of the examples of that
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah um, anything else about the hidden you want to say? Because yeah, it's such a good
1: movie. <laughs> um, you know something I didn't notice, and I think because I, I don't know, like it subliminally maybe I picked yeah. up on it when the last time I watched it um, back in September. But when I rewatched it uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with the commentary, mm. the um, shoulder had commented that the production designer made a very specific choice to have green everywhere in this movie so like the cop station like all the walls are painted green and kyle mclaughlin is constantly wearing green and like because it's an uncomfortable color um so like the production designer was like i don't want any blue i don't want anyone to feel comfortable watching this movie like people need to be like uneasy watching this and i thought that was an interesting choice and I, i guess i never really um, outwardly noticed it mm. until he pointed it out, and then once he said that, I saw green everywhere, and I was like, "Holy shit, there is green everywhere in this movie."
0: That is no, yeah, I'm kind of yeah. So the prison is definitely like a lighter green. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. There, oh the shit, there is a lot of green. Yeah, uh, which is really a cool concept because you have fun with it, but yeah, you're right. You're not ever relaxed
1: in it yeah yeah i was like was it just for like little green men little thing what they were doing and like here's a little alien here's a little in joke everything's gonna be green because we're referencing little green men but i think it was the production designer specifically said an uncomfortable color and i was like well yeah it's not an attractive green so
0: (laughs) no and that's kind of what i love about production design is that they will think about those kind of things it's like you might not notice it but we want to create a mood and this is how we're going yeah. to do it and yeah. we just yeah i don't want any blue i don't want anything comforting because blue is a very comforting color um
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah no that man this movie's cool <laughs> yeah love little details like that yeah <laughs> this is kind of yeah when everyone's kind of working together it's kind of like the collaboration of a movie. Like, it's not just Jack Shoulder. It's it's just all these little pieces that come together and it's sometimes things you won't notice and that is Mm -hmm. very, very cool. No. Um no. The Hidden is absolutely a fantastic movie and it's kind of a movie that gets better every single time you watch it. Like I think every single time I'm just gonna watch more, I'm gonna notice more and I'm gonna appreciate everything more about it this is only the second time i've seen it so um this is a movie that i know i'm gonna go keep going back to every five years and go oh yeah hidden's a really good movie isn't it
1: (laughs) yeah the same yeah this is one where i'm sure next time i've got a friend who asks like "Oh, let's watch something i'll be like hidden here we go (laughs) unless it's like this year i probably don't want to rewatch it so soon but you know I've got plenty of other options, but yeah, and no, it's <laughs> one it. of
0: those. Yeah, it's one of those great weird movies that you can just show to someone without them going, "Why are you showing me this?" Which might be Jason <laughs> yeah. Goes to Hell. If someone goes, "Oh, I'm going to show you Jason Goes to Hell," I'm going to be really careful because people may not be ready for What's about to happen?
1: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> it's like I am very very sorry. Uh... <laughs> no, I'll show you the hidden. It's a much easier movie to get into, and you'll probably enjoy yeah. it more. <laughs> yeah um thank you so much for coming on with the stubble it has been an absolute blast it's always great to catch up um yeah this is and i was just happy to watch these movies again i was just like yes please
1: (laughs) no thank you for having me and thank you for giving me a chance to uh stand up for you know jason goes to hell
0: oh no a little bit i was right there (laughs) beside you when defending jason goes to hell because i'm like no that movie needs defending (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe by you know maybe soon we'll see that um, letterbox rating you know eek past 2.0 yes we'll see
0: we'll see people are mildly tolerant of it now <laughs> yeah um before we go please tell people where they can find your good work uh so
1: you can follow me i'm most active on instagram um and i'm also on twitter some semi-active there Mm -hmm. um you can find both me and unsung horrors on both of those um i'm at hex massacre um there's a link to my um indiegogo which is running through february 19th Mm -hmm. um and i am shipping you know to australia new zealand oh. as well shipping prices are a little eh. well, sorry but
0: if somebody lives at this side of the world we're used to it we're fine we're, okay we, if there's something we want we will pay the, the shipping for so that's right. yeah don't worry about that <laughs>
1: okay well i felt bad just putting adding it there i was like i'm sorry that's how much it costs though but it does uh... how much it
0: costs believe me it's yeah
1: <laughs> uh, yeah it's live through february 19th it's the sweetest taboo and unapologetic guide to Child kills in film. Um, the link to the Indiegogo's on my Instagram and Twitter page. You can check it out, watch the trailer for it, see if it's your vibe. Um, it's not just, a, you know, obviously all the movies in there have a child kill in it, but it also serves as a decent film reference book, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find me. And uh, yeah, all the, you can follow, but I, oh, I'm on Letterboxd too, um, Hex Massacre yeah. as well.
0: Uh, yeah please uh give her a follow please check out her indiegogo uh this book sounds amazing um just because i know erica's uh, film knowledge is really really high and the fact that she's got shakespeare and then some of the best exploitation um i think tells you a lot about what this book is actually trying to do is in terms of a film guide um so yeah this sounds absolutely incredible um thank you so much for coming on this was oh god these movies are great um well okay jason goes to hell fun not great <laughs> right yeah let's yes, yeah, yeah let's make sure be very clear i do not think jason goes to hell is a, is yes. a well-made movie um, you need to
1: qualify that statement Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, i don't really
0: don't let to be very careful when i say i love something i realize that it's this but melting face did i mention the melting face um, <laughs> um yeah if if you want to thanks for listening shock and all again on all the apps if you want to follow us it's shock and all one on twitter and instagram and if you want to follow me it's uh reading geek um on twitter and also on letterboxd as well and uh yeah thank you for listening and of course we will be back next week with another double feature all right thanks guys Bye. bye